to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. On the mic with my brother Sven and our cousin Kile. Breaking news. The running back position is the most overvalued in all of fantasy. What? Best player available, maybe? Kick off your draft with two running backs, perhaps? Could be one and the same. A strategy of using each one of your first picks on running backs dates back to the 1980s when individuals kept league scores with spreadsheets. We dedicate this episode to the dedicated, the OG fantasy football playing manual spreadsheet tracking superstars. The point is, things will change and we must adapt. Like your draft, the key players you target may be gone. Drafts are a living, breathing thing and you must be fluid. We're here tonight to discuss our top rankings and to help you distinguish yourself at or near the top of your draft for the running back position. You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes and now iHeartRadio. Gents, let's dig in. Kyle, you've talked extensively about Dalvin Cook, but can you please drive home the point even further? It's pretty evident based on previous episodes of my love of Delvin Cook this year, okay? We're talking about a guy who's going to go in the mid-second round. He's going to come off the board as, what, the, number, the running back, like, eight? Uh, actually, he's right, right now he's running back 10 in PPR leagues, um, which is just kind of crazy to me. Like, I, Delvin Cook has the, has the opportunity and the possibility to finish as a top three running back in the NFL. I firmly believe that. Uh, some people might share, not share that sentiment based on his injury history, based on all the weapons Minnesota possesses, but I think that makes him even stronger. We've talked about the fact that Stefanski has come in as the offensive coordinator, a guy who wants to run the ball more than any, one, almost any other uh, offensive coordinator in football, a guy who's going to try to run the ball 25-plus times per game. Dalvin Cook is hyper-efficient when he does play. Do I, do I think he has Saquon Barkley upside? No. Okay, he is not the centerpiece of an offense with nothing else. No offense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what offense? Very much take. <laughs> yeah, you take that offense. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. with cheese. Yay! <laughs> with cheese. <clears throat> Look, I I love Dalvin Cook this year. I can't say it any better than that. An offensive line that is slowly improving. Okay, we're not talking about a top ten offensive line, but we are talking about a potential top fifteen offensive line. Um, good quarterback, good wide receiving core. They're going to try to run the ball a lot. Okay. This is a guy who could average 4.4 to 4.7 yards per carry. A bell. I mean, he is, I think he is a bell cow. Um, I don't think Madison has any relevance in this offense uh, as a running back. No, absolutely not. If I have to hear one more person say Boone as the backup oh. running back, I'm going to lose my mind. Alexander, stinks right now. Alexander Madison is the handcuff. Okay? You hear it hurt. You hear it first. You heard it first here. Coach Burr. Alexander Madison is Coach. the handcuff. He has no relevance unless Dalvin Cook goes down, which, well, okay. Dalvin Cook. It could happen. Dalvin Cook is not going to get hurt this year. Again, I'm going to say it with a straight face. You heard it here, guys. <laughs> straight face here. Let's review this December 31st of this year, and we'll, we'll see He's again. smirking, by the way. He's yeah, smirking. shut up. <laughs> anyway. if, yeah, if you could see his face. There's no video going on here. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Anyway. Dalvin Cook is not going to get hurt. He is a bell cow back, 260 rushing attempt type of guy, 10 touchdown upside. Do not draft him as a running back 10. He is a running back 7, running back 6 at worst. I know this is very, very bold. This is really bold. 
I stand behind it. Now the okay. offensive coordinator, right? Stefanski Radio. wants to run the ball. Last three games of last season, he ran the ball more times than any other time during that season. With who, though? Who's the running back? Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. He got the ball. So he ran the ball 16 times, 16 times, 19 times. That's it. Those are his max amount of rushing attempts in, in the games last year. Done. I mean. He was, not, he was not getting the ball. Besides that, he was averaging – Nine or ten carries per game. Do you know how much twenty? Do you know how much twenty carries per game over sixteen games is? I'm just it's, saying it's it, three hundred and twenty carries on the season. season. That's a but lot. When he was healthy, though, they like, didn't give him the ball that much as a bell cow, which is what you're going for. I am a guy who's going to get seventeen rushing attempts per game. That is a bell cow. Seventeen rushing attempts, four receptions, five receptions per game. We're talking about a bell cow. A guy who is going to – They get a to- lot of targets in the, in the passing game, though. I will say that. Dalvin Cook. Heard it here first. Dalvin Cook, top five running back going into the season – or top six, sorry. Top six going into the season. I love Dalvin Cook this year, and that will not change. I'm glad that, we, uh, that I asked you that to kick off the episode. We're all about have, conviction and passion. I have so much conviction, and I have so much worry at the same time. I got him so- at 13. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a, that's our outlier. That's probably our biggest running back outlier is the fact that I have him at six or seven and you both have him at 13. I just don't so like his injury. That's the difference between a running back one, like a, like a stone cold running back one and a early running back two. Well, the thing is, right, based on ADP, he's going where? In the, in the mid to back end of the second, second round. round exactly. PPR. So he's, depending on your position, he's going to be your second pick. So if you picked a running back, near the top of the draft, and he's around, I think I would be more comfortable taking him as my second running back, knowing that I'll be able to get somebody on the turn. I don't know. It really depends who's there, because I have much love from a boy Nick Chubb, and if he's there, I'm not, I'm not taking Dalvin Cook. Imagine you could start your, your team going Nick Chubb at 111 and Dalvin Cook at 202. Uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, looks yes. good in the beginning of the season. It looks fantastic. There's upside. Yeah. <laughs> A little bit. I mean, we're, we're talking about 2,500 2, total yards on the ground between the two of them. I'll tell the you. offenses should be good. I mean, the thing that, that, that concerns me more is, is Kirk Cousins, honestly, because I need to yeah. see him do it with pressure because last year he disappointed not only me, but all of Minnesota who wanted Case Keenum back. Let's be honest. They were rooting for Case Keenum, who had an incredible, miraculous season. I mean, that was a ridiculous season. It was unbelievable, right? It brought brought back to Minnesota. Kirk Cousins is a a very good quarterback. I said this when they drafted him. I I was like, this guy's going to start over RG3. Well, it was a shame that what happened to RG3. But Kirk Cousins, you mentioned it a couple episodes ago, Keele. Second year on the team now. Yeah. He likes to throw the ball. Obviously, he's got two top wide receivers on the outside. Kyle Rudolph, they drafted Irv Smith. Offensive line is... Not the greatest. Done. It's it's not the greatest, but it's. I just I I like running backs on winning teams, and I think Minnesota has a bounce back year, and they will be a winning team. So you have a top five defense. You're gonna want to run the ball with Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's gonna be a starting bell cow on a team that is a good offense, good defense. I just don't see a reason why he. They're at least a 500. If he is healthy, okay. Let me change my thought process that way. If he is healthy, he is a top five back. Seriously, I like. 
if he is healthy, he is a top five back. And you draft him as you think he's going to be healthy, of course. I am. I'm you going see, into a You camp. see what you said before that? If he's healthy. Well, you can't predict health. <laughs> I mean, I can't some players For some players, I feel like you can. Leonard Fournette's one of them. There but. are guys, Greg Olson, the guy get, these guys get hurt. It's sad to say, but literally every single season. Yeah. If a report came out that said, Dalvin Cook now on the TB12 diet and pliability routine, it'd be like, ooh, I might feel a little better about it, honestly, but he's not. So. Tom plays yeah, but Nothing has come out to say, like, wow, nothing has come out to say, like, you know what, Dalvin Cook's nursing this, or he's, he's coming back hard from this injury. That is true. That is true. Or, like, there's nothing to say that. Like, he is – They're definitely taking him very yeah. – ca- it's very cautiously. Don't play him in the preseason. Lev, Bell, Lev Bellum. Don't play him in the preseason. No, I can't, Have him play week one, and I think he has a great year. He has RB1 upside. Brother, tell us why you have David Johnson – ranked second ahead of run CMC and Alvin and the Kamaras. I absolutely love TJ. He was royalty a couple of years ago. Now, when you say I do, I do have him as my number one right now. It's t- he's actually tied with Saquon right now. Yeah. Can that be like one, a one B or like two, one, A's? So they're both, I have them both projected to get the same amount of PPR points. If Cliff Kingsbury was smart he would utilize David Johnson as much as he can with Kyler Murray. He could be, he could be the number one running back. He has been the number one running back. He can handle that workload. The guy can easily take care of over 300 touches in a season. Yes, they built some, they, they drafted wide receivers. He's got Ricky Seals-Jones, who he played with for, I don't know, two games at A&M together with. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson needs to be that guy. And I think that he has so much potential this season. I know Cliff Kingsbury doesn't like to use running backs, but this isn't, this isn't college. You, got, you have to use your running backs. So DJ is that guy for me this year that I think is going to take that next – Obviously, he's going, he's going what, the fifth, fifth running back right now? Maybe even four because of this whole Zeke situation. He can definitely finish as the number one running back. I know. I'm going to get some stuff for that. Go ahead. Bring it on. No, what's crazy, I think, which is actually a comment and a statistic in your favor, is that last year, in a debacle for the Arizona Cardinals, he finished as RB overall number nine in PPR leagues. That is, that's remarkable to me, honestly. And um, it was terrible. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I like David Johnson. Okay, he is in my top four. Um, top five. I like the offense and where they're going, uh, you know, potentially with Kingsbury and with um, Kyler Murray. However, there is a point that stands out to me. You know, when you're talking about his productivity, his efficiency, um, David Johnson actually really had a really, really rough year last year. Very rough. It was so rough. In terms of run blocking efficiency, something that hasn't gotten better. Okay. His run blocking has not gotten better. He finished his running back 44 because of his running blocking efficiency. When it comes to true yards per carry and his efficiency, we're talking about 57th at the running back position. Breakaway run rate, we're talking about 57th. Breakaway runs, only four of them. He only had four breakaway runs. So those are a little bit troublesome to me. We're talking about a guy who has great speed, great upside, but his, you know, his juke rate was 16%, good for 51st in the league. But it's also putting him in the, in the right position which I think that Cliff is definitely going to try to do with his right. talent. He, oh, need, yeah. he needs to in order to save Kyler because Kyler can't be 
throwing bombs every single play like he did in college. He just can't, not in the NFL, not with these big defensive linemen coming after him. So David Johnson, I see a lot of screens. I see a lot of – Yeah, he's a nice blanket. The middle, a little – exactly. I think that he's going to be that blanket. A couple him years ago, 293 carries, and he had 80 catches on 120 targets. Who's to say he can't do that again this season? Well, the Cardinals switched offensive coordinators after week seven, and from week one to seven, Mike McCoy – had the ball handed to David Johnson between the tackles 59% of the time. The NFL average was only 49. That's and once Byron Leftwich took over, it was only about 40%. Right, running the outside. So I think the, the scheme was terrible. The coaching was terrible. Obviously, Leftwich did a much more commendable job than Mike McCoy. And you change it during the season, too. It kind of – it's tough. It's really tough to – adapt to a completely different system and oh I'm, I'm used to running up and down like you know north and south yeah I think it's going to be um an incredibly interesting situation and he has the upside to catch a lot of passes because if Kyler Murray's running for his life as we've talked about David Johnson's going to be in the game almost as a security blanket so we'll see I think I think if Kyler Murray ha- this is another bold one if Kyler Murray has a top 12 year David Johnson has a top five year I think his top five. I think his value. I think his value is is similar in regards to somebody like Marlon Mack and Andrew Luck. I think David Johnson's value comes from how Kyler Murray is playing. If Kyler Murray is playing at a higher level, David Johnson's going to play at a higher level. Well, you said he finished what last year, brother? Ninth. Ninth? He finished yeah. ninth on a pretty crappy Arizona team. Yeah. I, now yeah, he's got a good. Now he's got a somewhat salvageable, a lot better quarterback. Hopefully. There's nothing to dispute about his talent. I mean. The, it, it's just uh, I'm trying to, you know, make the point of putting him in the right place and using him to his abilities to that MVP season that he, that he had a couple of years ago. And his opportunities are going to be there too. He should. He should get all the opportunities. Use him. Use him as much as you can. Chase Edmonds is a distant second. He'll get five carries, five touches a game if he's lucky. In 2016, when DJ had that monstrous season, well, Big ups. DJ is really Derek Jeter, so I don't know if I can say that, but David Johnson had 80 receptions in 2016. Last year, he only had 50. 120. The entire season, he had 50. He had 30 less receptions, so clearly they did not scheme the offense to him. I think they can. I don't know if I would draft him ahead of Kamara or run CMC, but I think he's he's in the conversation for top overall back now that Zeke's If, if Zeke does, yeah, I'd say if Zeke doesn't play, then David Johnson's going to go in the top five, four. Yeah, easily. And this is a situation that I think hurts us all a little bit down to our core because if Andrew Luck does not play, it's going to be a terribly sad, baby, tiny step down in the rankings for Marlon Mack for me. If he doesn't play, he can't. L- listen to these stats. This is mind-boggling. With Andrew Luck, Andrew, Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck in 2016, the Colts were top 10 in both yards and in points. In 2017, without Andrew Luck, they were bottom three in both. Last year, with Andrew Luck, seventh in yards, fifth in points. I mean, the proof is in the pudding, honestly, because Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby, as good as a backup as he is, which I think he is one of the best, you're going to stack the box. You're going to put pressure. Marlon Mack's only done it for a short amount of time. I love him, but I think they need Andrew Luck for him to show his true RB2 back-end RB1 upside. What kind of pudding are we talking here? 
probably <laughs> butterscotch ripple. Tapioca? I do like tapioca. That's good. Snozzberry? He, when he got the ball more than 19 times a game, Marlon Mack, over 100 yards. Clearly when they feed him the ball, and yes, Andrew Luck needs to be there. And like you said, Jacoby, salvageable backup, but he's no Andrew Luck. He is not the franchise quarterback by any means. So they got to be somewhat happy they have at least a good backup quarterback to still potentially take them as far as they need to go and then say, hey, Andrew Luck, you know, all right, man. We, we got you, you know, to 500 through week eight. And then Marlon Mack, hopefully they lean on him. It's, it's, it's a very tough situation. Yeah, it's Andrew Luck-based. It, it, re- it really is, but I still, yeah. like, still want to draft T.Y. Hilton. I still – Oh, yeah. I, it's just, I still want to draft Andrew Luck. <laughs> I mean, hopefully he falls now because maybe everyone, no one's going to think he's in a play. So. That's the thing, though, is the Luck situation with drafting is that if you're – this is running back, obviously – related but this does matter with luck is that if luck you know if luck continues this way going into like the first game of the season he is going to fall completely in drafts um we're seeing that already but it's going to completely tumble marlon mack is going to tumble just as much if not more it was already in the fourth round it was like two seasons ago with andrew luck where they said okay you know we'll say week four oh no we're going to extend it i drafted him that 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 one year thinking oh my god this is going to be a steal he never played. He did no. not play. <laughs> he never played. So it's yeah. happened to us all in Left Bell um, last year. I know this you. is a running back episode, but yeah, that was uh, Marlon Mack because of Andrew Luck. Marlon Mack has gone from like the three oh three. He's now at the four oh three. Okay. That's a could be good value. It's a great value. The problem is is that <laughs> look, he's going around the likes of David Montgomery, Chris Carson, Derek Henry. Two of those guys at this point, I would probably rather have over Marlon Mack. I'd rather have uh, David Montgomery and Chris Carson. I'd probably have Carson and Montgomery, yeah. I love uh, Marlon no. Mack. And the thing is about, like you said, brother, is that Jacoby Brissett, he can't air it out like Andrew Luck. These targets, I'm looking at the targets for Marlon Mack. The guy averaged like one and a half targets a game. Yeah. So clearly they don't use him in the passing game. They have Naeem Hines. They picked up Deonta Foreman. Who knows what they're going to do with him whenever he plays. No, he's already out. He like he's tore out. his bicep or something. Oh, God. Yeah, he, before he was it's even a relevant news. Trust another, me. Another, yeah. Another <laughs> fragile bag of potato oh. chips. Yeah. <laughs> Marlon Mack <laughs> runs behind a great offensive line, probably the best or the second best offensive line in football. He has Andrew Luck at his quarterback. When he's if if Andrew Luck is healthy, Marlon Mack is a top third fourteen guy. Which is why uh, I haven't moved him down. He's seventeen now for me. I just want to know the news. I want to know where Andrew Luck stands at this point. It's but very frustrating. Just uh, remain at the edge of your seat and hold on tight. So we're going to take a trip to Cleveland again um, because I have Nick Chubb as a top five running back. Let me tell you why. Last year, he averaged 4.47 yards after contact per attempt, which was the best in the last 10 years in the NFL, excluding the XFL, the AAF, European leagues. 10 years, the offensive line, who cares? Do you even need an offensive line? I mean, we saw Saquon do it without an offensive line. Duke Johnson's gone. (laughs) Kareem Hunt is not there for the first eight games. Freddie Kitchens loves to run the football. If Nick Chubb gets 22 carries or more, 22 touches even a game, and all the goal line work, and all the short yardage, and potentially right now the third down, work as well let's be honest AFC North games are one of the trenches right you got to get down and dirty you got to run the ball 
Their offensive line did take a hit, but they still have Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham, and Jarvis Landry, which has to keep the defenses honest. To me, Nick, Nick Chubb has one of the most tremendous upsides of any player this year in fantasy. I've seen his, um, his draft stock all over the place. He, I've seen him go at the 106. I've seen him go at the 112. I've seen him go at the 203. I've seen him go in the middle of the second round. It's, it's a very weird scenario because people value him very, very differently than, you know, it's, I've, I've really never seen a running back in the first round or two have such a, you know, sporadic uh, draft stock. I like Nick Chubb a lot. Um, I have him ranked here as 12 on our website, uh, thefantasyfam.com. However, um, since I have updated it recently, I do actually have him in the top 10. I do think he has all the opportunity in the world compared to some of these running backs out there. He is another pure bell cow. Once they got rid of Duke Johnson, um, those receptions could kind of now funnel to him. Um, he's never been known as a receiving back, and they have Hilliard, right, um, as a potential fill-in for Duke Johnson. However, he has a limited role. He's not going to have that same effect, I think, as Duke Johnson had. I think there's a world where Nick Chubb has over 45 receptions. Do I have him statted out that way? No. I think he's more of a 35 reception guy, but there is a world where he could catch over 40 passes. And if he does catch over 40 passes, does get all the goal line work, and does get the att- rushing attempts that we think he's going to get, he has a very good opportunity to finish as a top five, top six back. Yeah. The argument definitely for him does look very good. If you actually look oh, at his great. numbers, you take out that one game where he had three carries, 105 and two touchdowns. That was absolutely insane last year, but he had 996 total rushing yards and he didn't even start the first four or five, five games. Very efficient. Now it's funny that you talk about, receiving Todd Gurley didn't catch the ball at all his first two seasons I know Nick Chubb is coming into his second season he could definitely be that passing guy like you said in Georgia I don't think he caught too many passes uh they also had another you know fellow NFL player in uh Sony on the on the same team but he he's a very interesting one because I think people are not necessarily worried but what why did they pick up Kareem Hunt Kareem Hunt is a starter on 20 other NFL teams. So what are they going to do when he comes back in week eight is probably the biggest question. But here's the thing. First eight weeks, you got Nick Chubb. He is easily a top 10 longevity for the whole season. I have him at 15 right now. And I know that's probably pretty low or yeah, I guess low depending on how you look at that, but it's low. Yeah. It's probably going to change, but there are so many mouths to feed on that team. Beckham, Landry, Najoku, Kitchens, he likes his tight ends. They got Beckham for a reason. Baker Mayfield's going to throw the ball. And you, you have him going uh, close to 5,000 passing yards. So that, so that means that that offense is going to have to have a lot of offensive plays. Now, is it, are they going to be the Kansas City Chiefs of last year? Or are they just – Well, there's a chance for that. They just go completely bananas. and I mean, <laughs> just, there's, there's a chance for that. I think we've all – I think everybody in the fantasy community and everybody in the NFL community has overhyped the Browns a little it's too much this It's year. disgusting how much they're being hyped. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely right, true. Rightfully so. Aldell Beckham, one of the best in the game. Jarvis Landry, one of the best slot guys in the game. If, if not the best PPR monster in the game. Najoku, very young still. Nick Chubb, second year. We're, the Cleveland Browns could be a force to reckon with over the next five to eight years. Even longer, but it's everything looks good on paper. The offensive line can hold up. We uh, bring back Joe Thomas. We shall see. Yeah. 
One year, one year too soon, honestly. Has, has, hashtag bring back Joe. Bring back Joe. MVP Joe. Carry on my wayward son, Johnson. Johnson. Okay, fellas, you guys both have him as a top 10 back. Kyle, speak, speak to us. This is a guy that's actually kind of tough to, to talk about based on past performances because we didn't really see a lot of him last year. What we did see is the Detroit Lions' willingness and desire to run the football going forward. We've seen Matt Stafford struggle. Um, we've seen the fact that they didn't really add too many pieces to this offense to make it seem like Carrion had a, like a secondary role. He is pushed to the front of that offense. I mean, when I think of the Detroit Lions, I don't think of Matt Stafford anymore. I don't think of Kenny Galladay. I think of Carrion Johnson. We're talking about an offensive line that's another one that's trying to get better, but is still not a, you know, a top 10 defense. I think they're like a top 15 defense. I mean, not defense, offensive line. Um, their, their offensive line is getting better. Is it the best in the league? No. But I think Carrion Johnson has the opportunity to succeed in this offense. Um, the biggest thing about him, though, is the fact that he's a smaller guy. He's coming back from an injury last year. And what would his role be in the passing game? And that's where I think a lot of analysts and a lot of people have struggled to figure out with Carrion Johnson. And that's where I think I differ than maybe some is that I think Carrion Johnson will catch over 55 passes this year. And that's not just because Theo Riddick is gone. That's because I think, I think Carrion Johnson is that good of a running back, that good of a receiving back, and will have that big of a role in the Detroit offense. They don't have a ton of weapons. That's the thing. Okay. You can't consider, you can't consider adding, adding Danny Amendola as a weapon. Okay. You can't consider Kenny, you know, I think Kenny Galladay is a very good player. Okay. But I, what we saw from Matt Stafford last year wasn't great. And I think that might continue into this year. Carry on Johnson is the, is the focal point. I think Theo Riddick leaving is, it, I think it helps. It definitely helps. And it's CJ Anderson. CJ Anderson can't catch out of the backfield. So he's oh, obviously no. not going to be a threat at all. I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't even have one target. The entire yeah, season. Right. And that's, that's what, if anything comes out of this, and even if they, even if it's like a 60-40 split or a 70-30 split when it comes to rushing attempts, Carrion has that big of a leg up because I do think he's going to catch four plus passes a game. And Zach Zenner, if he's in the game, he's not going to take passing right. downs. It's going to be Carrion Johnson. He had right. 39 even, targets last year. Yeah. 32 catches. Yeah. And played limited amount. Exactly. 213 yards on from the air, but... I think this is it. Carry on. They want to get him more involved. Like you said, they really didn't add. They added Hawkinson. Okay, let's add a tight end. They still have Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. It's just carry on Johnson. That offense needs to go through carry on Johnson. This is the running back they've been waiting for since Barry Sanders. That's a wow. Okay, and I'm bold. I'm so, how many how many times have they drafted a running back and none of them have worked out? Most of them. Um, yeah. Amir Abdullah was my favorite. <laughs> Kev- well, I'll tell you why I, I don't think that the carry on train is going to really ever leave the station because last year how many RB1 weeks did he have oh you're right zero they have a bottom half offensive line and they picked up CJ Anderson who dominated he took he took Todd Gurley's job he had more touches in the last five weeks in the playoffs than Todd Gurley did we're talking about Todd Gurley yeah whatever statistics speak loudly on occasion and that, that to me something was going on with Todd Gurley I do not yeah. like the Lions offense I do not like the Lions team I think they have a tough schedule he hasn't he hasn't proven anything 
he's as skinny as me, and it, it scares me about their their offensive line, honestly, and, and no track record. He's never he's never been a bell cow his entire career. I called his grandmother. I went to the library when I was in Detroit last time. They all said that he was a phenomenal player, but he only got 10 to 12 touches a game. To me, that's not enough to be uh, drafted where he is right now, and I'm definitely not taking him over like – let me let me re- rephrase that. He's being drafted around the same place as what Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, David Montgomery, Sonny Michelle, Derrick Henry, Mark Aaron Ingram, ahead of all those guys, right? Around Aaron Jones. Yeah. To me, he could be an RB two. I just don't know if I'm gonna. It is, me, and that's and that's the thing. Incredible upside over Carryon Johnson. And that's the thing that we stress on the show. If if you listen to the previous episodes, running backs on a losing team are never a good thing, unless you're Saquon Barkley. Yeah. He's the one-off. He needs, he needs about 60 rushing, 60 rushing yards per game, about four receptions per game, and about a half a touchdown per game to get the, the, four, the four receptions. I, can, I think he can, can do that. that. That's, doable. That's doable. I can see the receptions. The rushing, That's where he's being drafted. He's being drafted at 60 rushing yards per game, four receptions per game, and a half a touchdown per game, give or take. Three quarters of a touchdown per game. That's where he's being – what did you say? Score half a touchdown? No, I'm saying on a – shut up. <laughs> So I think that's I think it's doable. He is he is by far the most one of the most talked about running backs though in this offseason as far as where he's going to finish. He's risen a lot. So many he people hurts. have him in the top ten, hurts. top seven, top eight. And then others have him completely out of their top fifteen, I feel like. Yeah. If you look him up, it's ninety percent all hyped articles about him, which doesn't always scare me because there's a lot of players that I believe in that others believe in as well. And it's happened before and they can do well, but I just had to go for the rebuttal in that situation. And it's a good, definitely a good rebuttal. Let me tell you why I have Joe Mixon as another running back in my top five last year, 2018, he was third in the league in rushing yards per game at just over 83. Some more stats. Obviously the offense was incredibly predictable and mundane with Marvin Lewis as the head coach. New head coach, Zach Taylor, right? New situation. On paper, at least, they're going to be more creative, right? More creative than they've been in the last 12 years. So he was fifth in the league with 2.9 yards before contact. He is a creator. He creates his own offense. He was seventh in the league in yards created. And these are some crazy stats, too, because I don't think he was necessarily known for his, his game speed or electrifying speed. But he was second in the league with 20 runs over 15 yards. That's good it fantasy hurt. points. It's great. And it really hurts, too, because I would have loved to see the potential with Jonah Williams lining up on that offensive line because I think it's another situation where the Bengals may stink, but he's going to get the ball. He's going to be a true, true bell cow this year. I think Gio is only a compliment. Travion Williams, if he's not hurt, or Rodney Anderson are far down the depth chart. This is, this is the Joe Mixon show, and he, he could be one of the true bell cows in the game. My turn to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> Losing Those team. Bad team. Thanks for listening, Losing guys. <laughs> Worst offensive line in football. Rookie Losing coach. team. Losing no thank team. you. No thank you. No thank you. <laughs> but he is very, he's very talented. He is there a is, very talented there is nothing about – oh, I'm not I, – I actually love Joe Mixon. There is nothing that shows that Zach Taylor will be a good coach in the NFL. We like, don't know. It's – I'm I, – this disciple stuff and him being a, a patron saint – of, of uh, Sean McVay's offense, there's no proof in that pudding, okay? He is not Sean McVay. We keep talking about pudding. I want pudding. <laughs> I, want pudding. I didn't even notice that. But <laughs> losing teams, 
are definitely not a fan of mine for when it comes to picking running backs. And that offensive line, they had to ask Christian Westerman to unretire just so he could be on their offensive line again. Oh, that's so sad. And he's not even great. He didn't didn't retire. He had a person. He retired. To be away from the team for a couple of hours. I think the the opportunities for Joe Mixon, he's going to have every opportunity. If you look at Gio towards the end of the season, he was barely playing. It was the Joe Mixon show all all day, every day, every Sunday. Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard. Yeah, we'll throw you out there. Here's here's two here's two targets. That's it. It just it, I think the opportunities for Joe Mixon will be there. I have him at twelve right now. You have him top top eight, brother. Yeah, I mean without without Zeke, he's he's a top top six well, guy. Without top five, Zeke, yeah. without Melvin, yes. I mean leaning into that, it definitely moves him up. He's a top five six guy for me too. And where his ADP is, it's it's value. But I do have him very close. Like, if you look at my actual projections that I have, he is very close to – okay, so I have Joe Mixon getting, let's say, 298 PPR points. I got on Johnson getting 305, who's my nine. So, right, so there's not much of a difference. So it's not much difference. And then, I mean, terrible examples because they're both on losing teams. Polarizing athletes, of course, in difficult situations. Okay, who – do you have somebody ranked in the top 10 to 15 range – that you have some concerns over? Um, this one hurts because I love him. I think he's probably one of the most efficiently talented running backs that I saw last year, and it's Aaron Jones. Green Bay doesn't know how to use running backs properly. They never will. Um, I think Jamal might be mixed in there. I think Aaron Jones might not get the fill he gets. He should deserve. Um, Aaron Rodgers seems to be very difficult to play with and for, so I don't love that because I just don't know how, how much he'll get the opportunity to play. Or to rookie head coach, rookie head coach. Showcase. Right, rookie head coach. I don't know how much he's going to be able to showcase his talent. Where do you have Aaron? You have him in your, like, right at your, at your I have him. I have him at 13 or 12, something like that. 13? Yeah. I guess the one that really concerns me, and Joe made a very good point on our last episode, is Todd Gurley. He, I have him at 11, and I don't, I know people are talking about him, but if he's, if he's even 90%, he could still finish top 10, but I am still very worried about him. The injury, we don't know. We, we only know what we know. That's it. If he's your second pick, I think there's a lot of... Uh... If he's my second pick, then yes, I'm okay with that. A lot of potential there, but you're going to have to tune into the next episode to see where we go with this. You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes and iHeartRadio. This is the Fantasy Fam signing off. 